Hi, and welcome to UFO Party and X Files podcast. I'm Julia, and I'm Erin, and we're apart again because we're on a pause. <laughs> yes, we're in timeout. <laughs> yep. So, and it's like fucking pouring. So, yeah. Honestly, I just didn't want to leave my house anyways today. Um, yeah, and I had a big ass fucking migraine. So yeah. I'm um, in my room and it's pitch black basically except for my laptop screen. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. I mean, I was preparing mentally if the power went out because it's like storming out right now. And I realized that we do have, we have like a ton of flashlights and stuff, but they're all like, we only ever use them for camping. So they're all in Dylan's yeah. car and... <laughs> Um, it's Dylan at work. And Dylan's at work and Ian's at work. So I'm by myself and I started like oh, freaking no. out. And I was like, what if all the power goes out and I'm stuck here? I have like candles and that's it. I'm going to look like I'm doing like a seance and like still not be able to see anything. And I'm going to freak out. Well, but, there was uh, a full moon. So good timing. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> might as well. It's the perfect opportunity. Yep. <laughs> oh, um, man. I did like a spell last night and it was so much fun and I had the best time oh my god (laughs) oh it was great and then I took a bath with um some like blood orange essential oil but then I think it started giving me like a little bit of irritation and I drank eggnog well vegan eggnog obviously and some bourbon in the bathtub it was I had a great time (laughs) that sounds really nice (laughs) yeah it was good I actually, um, I made myself like a chai tea latte and then, um, put oat milk and, um, a little bit of whiskey in it and it was really good. Hell yeah. Sick. Yeah. And then I played board games and honestly, um, I'm pretty here for the pause except for, uh, I just wish I didn't have to go to work. Which is like annoying because I'm still working from home part of the time and then in the office part of the time. But technically, they said if you can work from home, you should be. And yeah, I worked from home for the first like half of the pandemic, but my company was like, "Nope, we're we're keeping it just the way it is right now, where you're working part time in the office and part time at home." And I'm like, "Okay, well." Okay. If you can work from home, you should be. And I can because I did it for fucking six months. So what the hell? Although that was like during our not busy season, I I actually don't really know what would happen if we tried to like all work from home right now because it's like it would be insane because we're processing so many applications. Um, Right. Oh, boy. So I don't know. But I really – this whole situation would be just ideal. If I just didn't have to go to work and then I would never leave my house. Yep. I just hope it actually like does something. Um, But I don't have like (laughs) high enough hope in people. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, I don't really, I don't really think it will. I think we're definitely not going to be okay by Christmas and the same like regulations are going to be because at the end of the day, I don't know, don't really know anyone that, like, was just following, like, actually the rules and was, like, like, everyone for Thanksgiving was, like, oh, yeah, I'm only seeing 
this, this, and this person, or like, I'm only going to my mom's house, but like, I see my mom all the time. And I'm like, that's not what the rules are. So yeah, I feel like, and I know just from like, not people that I'm friends with, but like people that I like have on social media, like I know a lot of people did just do like, maybe like a smaller gathering, but still like saw like, you know, aunts, uncles, family for Thanksgiving. So I would not be surprised if um, things get worse because obviously like that was just the other day. So it'll yeah. take like two weeks for us to see the effects of that at least. And Gina's going to be pissed. Rhode Island <laughs> hospitals are already at capacity. So there's no more fucking beds. So I'm not leaving my house anymore. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, so there's that, but, and I'm sure like the same thing's going to happen is like people are going to get frustrated and they're going to be like, well, I'm not skipping Christmas with my family, even though people are dying. And then it's going to be the same thing after Christmas because they're going to be like, well, like, you know, Gina said that if we just skipped Thanksgiving that we could, you know, be okay. And after these two weeks, we could be fine, blah, blah, blah. And then we didn't listen, and now we're mad because we're missing Christmas, too. Yeah. Yep. I hate this country so much. I would love to Isn't move. Fun? I mean, honestly, no. I get it, but, like, like so, so many places are, are actually more in the same boat. Like, I, there's, like, this rhetoric of, like, Oh, like it's just Americans that are like handling this poorly. Like, no, like a lot of people are actually handling it very poorly. And like a lot of countries are worse off than us right now. So like, I mean, I, I don't know. I just wish that everyone would take it a little bit more seriously because it's really unfair to healthcare workers and yeah, it's just, it's really, really sad. <sighs> All right. Well, <laughs> on a, I don't know, a happier note, you want to get into the episode? Even though it's not a happy episode. Not happy, but yeah, we can get into the episode. Okay. All I, right. So, oh, what? I just have never felt like more like unfocused watching an episode of X-Files. I feel like every time I turned away, I was like writing notes and then I was like, wait, what just happened? Who is this person? Yeah. Yeah, I have some (laughs) blanks in my notes, so I'm just going to have, like... like... (laughs) This is a kind of crazy episode, because there's there's so many characters, and, like, just... There's so much happening. I was like, I can't even keep up, but... Oh, did we even introduce the episode? (laughs) No, not yet. We were about to. Okay. (laughs) So this is... um, episode 15 from season two called fresh bones and it takes place in folkstone north kakalaki nope yeah north kakalaki yeah that's north carolina north kakalaki and south kakalaki i hate that why well because that's how it is in the south that's real oh yeah people call it that all the time (laughs) no what yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Um, so, Folkstone. Do Do we know anything about Folkstone? Um. Um. 
I've I never heard of it. Carolina at all, so. It is not a real place, is it? I think map it is. MapQuest. Give me MapQuest. Um, I think it's a real place. Okay. I mean, it's just showing like a business rather than like an actual town. Okay. Oh, I think it's like supposed to be like near, um, fuck, what is that base? Um, Camp Bragg in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, that's near Fayetteville. So we'll just go with that. (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, so we are in North Carolina and we start off with a baby crying. Um, and the mom's like, honey, it's your turn. Like I already got up with the kid every day this week and I'm over it, but he doesn't answer. And then she realizes that he's in the bathroom and he's like coughing. Um, and I guess he's been so gross. So she's like, are are you okay? Like, are you still feeling sick? And he is a fucking asshole. So much. (sighs) And he's like, what's the matter with you? Can't you tell the baby's crying? Like, um, okay. Rude. (sighs) Yeah. But, Uh, oh God, I hate him so fucking much. But they, like, go downstairs to eat breakfast, right? And he's just, like, still kind of being aggressive. And she's just like, hey, I think you should, like, I don't know, go talk to someone because I think you're having nightmares again. He's just like, I just want to eat my fucking breakfast in peace. And then, like, everyone starts crying and it's really aggressive. Um, (laughs) But his cereal turns to maggots while he's eating it and honestly serves him right. Right. I mean, yeah, (laughs) she's literally just being like, hey, you were up all night coughing. You already you said yourself that you like haven't slept at all. Like, clearly you're not feeling good and you look like absolute fucking shit. So why don't you go to the doctor? And he gets like all fucking bent out of shape about it. I'm like, okay. He like runs, runs out the door and into his car and he's driving like all erratically down the road. And he looks in the mirror of his car and he sees, basically, he looks like a zombie. Like, his flesh is, like, rotting off. And he is all freaked out, which I would be, too. And he ends up driving straight into a tree because he wasn't focusing on the road. Yeah, my notes go. My notes are like, bro, he gonna die. And then the next line is literally like, he dang do. Oh my god. It's like you know in like movies like you can always tell when someone's about to crash their car because like especially like I'm I'm specifically thinking of like when they're like having like a cute moment but then you know they're going to crash the car. Like yeah. in, um what is that blind side? Oh, I I didn't see it. Um, no. I don't know. It happens a lot with like couple movies too, but like in blind side they're like dancing along to the music and they're like doing a cute little number and I love it. And they're like, but you you can tell, like, I was watching it and I was like, bro, you guys are looking too much at each other and not too much on the road. And then, right. boom, car crashed. But yeah, this is pretty much it. I'm like, you need to stop looking in the mirror or stop driving. Either one. Right, right. One or the like, other. Pull, but. pull to the side and maybe get out of your car. Um, but yeah, yeah, his, the car is smushed, basically. Okay. Um, and we get a... Uh, a view of the tree and it has a symbol painted on the back of it 
So ooh, ooh, spooky. Right. <laughs> and then um, cue yeah. our favorite agents. Yes. And we learned that this was Private John McAlpin. And the military is basically calling his death a suicide. And apparently it is the second in, what, in a week or in just in a few weeks? Um, yeah, he said, like, second suicide in two weeks. Um, yeah. So there was no alcohol or drugs in his system. He just, like, died on impact. So they're like, this is a suicide. And his wife is not happy with that result. So she called the FBI because the military will not open an investigation because that's what they do. So we find out, yeah, that, that, um... The Marines didn't call, but the the wife of um, John McAlphin did call to investigate, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so they meet with the wife, obviously. And <laughs> this- Did you write down what I think you wrote down that I also did? I, I would bet you any money, which is that this woman says that her husband doesn't <laughs> yep. believe in anything except for the Marines, his family, and football. I'm like, bro. Sounds like my kind of dude. Like, who hears that and is like, that's it. That's my soulmate. Um, I feel like anyone <laughs> that marries anyone into the, in the in Marines, the honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Um, it was just so funny, like, because they're basically questioning her and they're like, do you think that like voodoo has anything to do with, with the, the death of your husband? And she's like, you know, she's talking about it and she's like, I really don't know. Like, all I know is that my husband is dead and I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, Yeah. She, and she mentioned she's like too scared to even like mourn over him, which is like sad. It's super sad. I get it. But yeah, but then like, they're like, well, do you think that your husband believed in this stuff? And she's like, that's where she's like, the only thing my husband believes in. <laughs> like, okay. She found like a seashell? Yeah, it's like a huge conch shell though. Like it's huge. Yeah, and it has the same symbol that we saw on the tree that he crashed into painted on inside, which is why she's like, uh, I'm scared. I feel like we're being like targeted or something. Right. And like she says that her son had um found it in his in his sandbox. Yeah, yuck. But we go with Mulder and Scully to the base, the whatever it's basically a fucking internment camp. Yeah, if we're gonna be honest. Calling it a, a processing center, so it's basically like a holding center while they like get the refugees asylum, but doesn't really seem like there's a lot of work being done. So not sure about that. But um, also John McAlpin's wife though, before they leave, she mentions that um, one of the guys that her husband worked with. um, um, Okay. Dunham. He is the one that like brought up that the he told her about the symbol and said that the symbol was also on a stool that a twelve year old had used to hang himself at a a riot um a couple of weeks ago. 
Right. And so they're like, okay, like definitely want to go talk to Dunham. And she's like, yeah, he's from New Orleans, so he's pretty into that kind of stuff. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yes, everyone in New Orleans is just into voodoo, right? Okay. Yeah, they're very fluent in it, you know. Yep. You have to be. It's a requirement for living there. Um, yes. Yep. Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, so they go up to the processing center. And th- we start off pretty rough. Yeah. Um, sure do. A man grabs Scully and starts, like, yelling in her face. And this little boy kind of, like, shoos him away and sells Mulder and Scully a little protection charm. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's basically just like, you know, this is, like, not a great place for a beautiful lady, so you need protection. And it works. But I don't know. Something as, like, sweet and simple as that would make me feel a lot better too but yeah poor poor baby (laughs) yeah scully is really like visibly shook though also like she's she's doing not okay like she's pretty freaked out but um and actually Mulder is the one that actually like talks to the kid because she like even doesn't really trust like the little boy it seems like she's like i'm freaked out and Mulder's like could always use some protection. Like, I'm like, or like, I say, thought, oh, oh my God, wait, no, I, he literally is like, you, you should always carry protection. And I'm like, I thought Christ. he was going to give this little child a condom. Uh, what? <laughs> I hope not. Okay. Do you think that's very far off from Mulder's behavior, though? I mean, Mulder's good with kids, probably. <laughs> I think he acts appropriately in front of children. We'll see. <laughs> okay, but anyways, <laughs> we go from there to meet um Colonel Wharton. Yeah. Who I don't like him. Nope. Um he is the head of the compound basically, and he lets them know that a man named a man named Beauvais they think is responsible for everything happening. Right. Um, yeah, and they, like, they kind of questioned him, but they're, like, basically, Wharton just says that, like, the refugees hate the soldiers, um, and that the soldiers don't have resources they need to feed them or house them, so it's, like, creating a lot of tensions between the soldiers and the refugees, and that, um, you know, they're, they're trying to keep the peace, but it's hard without the resources that they need, which in theory totally makes sense. And like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like there, if there's not enough resources, it's going to be really hard to have a good relationship with these people. However, we uh, (laughs) find out that that's not really what the problem is, but either way. So yeah, Yeah, I think there's a little bit more um, to that. Pierre Bouvet. And he says that he believes that Pierre Bouvet was responsible for inciting the violence and that the riot that happened six weeks ago or like, yeah, five or six weeks ago was um, Bouvet's doing. And um, basically they're like, okay, well, we're going to want to talk to him. And then Scully also asks if she can go check out, uh, McAlphin's body and he's like yep like no problem like this soldier will like or marine will help you 
like with whatever you guys need and then like they go on their way. Yeah, because she has signed consent from his wife, so right. she can kind of do whatever since they're literally not doing anything with it apparently. Yeah, I mean they're basically kind of like they're and even like the coroner, I believe, um like says when Scully goes to see McAlvin's body, he's like I this seemed like a very straightforward case of suicide. So I'm not going to look into this and I still don't see a reason to look into it, but you know, do whatever you want to do. Yep. Oh my God. I've been watching way too much fucking monk lately because I'm always like a suicide's not just a suicide. Like it's fucking murder, but <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, but in okay. this case, I mean, it, there's more to it, of course, because otherwise what would the point of this episode be? Um, yeah. <laughs> but so Scully goes to see McAlphin's body and this coroner talking shit like this is the most normal case ever blah, blah blah nothing happened and then he pulls out the drawer and it's a corpse of a dog yep so not so he's that, gone not that normal um yeah and they don't know where the body is so that's great yeah so they pretty much just assume that that like someone has taken the body. Um, meanwhile, uh, Mulder goes to speak to Bouvet, who yes. basically says that the symbol that was, you know, on the shell and on the tree, and apparently also on the stool, um, is the symbol called Loco Mirror. Yeah, well, more Which, French than that, but yeah, basically. I mean, yeah, more French than that. <laughs> and he says that it's basically like a crossroad between two worlds um, and that it forces man to confront his true self. So, um, and I. That's super fun. <laughs> I don't think it's a real thing. I looked it up. Um, unless it, you. So it looks like. Um, the symbol that they use for fuck what's his name for payment in hereditary which is also just the payment symbol um i'm gonna go look it up now and see if it's like similar it oh no it it just has a bunch of squiggles in it (laughs) i'm sure it's a a, a real symbol for something but yeah and there's like a (sighs) thing that like um it seems like there's something called like local mirror and um Haitian beliefs um that are like basically like uh like a healer though so i think it that might be a different version um but like i'm seeing that there's like a lot of different like like all of the Haitian voodoo religion has like a lot of symbols of like loco yeah but they all have like different I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but either way, I couldn't <laughs> find anything about it. But um, that's what Bouvet says, is that it's a mirror or a crossroads between two worlds. Um, yeah. And he also says that, like, all the Haitian people want is for Warren to let them go home. And if he doesn't let them go home, then this will continue to happen, basically. Like, as soon as... So Scully wants to come speak to Mulder obviously because the body's gone and almost as soon as she like gets there and she's like Mulder hey he's like Bouvet by he 
Wow. See, my brain said Bouvet is basically right. just like the body's gone, isn't it? And he's just like, wait, what? And she's like, he's like, yeah, the spirits told me. Mm-hmm. So, because he's um, also been like separated from everyone else. He's like in refugee imprisonment because of the riots. But he says that basically like the body going missing is a warning and that they'll only warn you once. And after that, no magic can save you. But so Mulder and Scully leave and they're driving down the road when they find Private McAlphin walking. Yeah. And Scully almost fucking hits him with the car. He also doesn't remember shit. Yeah, he remembers nothing that happened. He's nonverbal and he's like not responsive to any questions or anything. Like he's awake, but he's not talking at all and doesn't seem to like really even acknowledge that people are talking to him. So, and this is where Mulder's like, okay, so hear me out. (laughs) Helfin. is a zombie and he starts talking about um wade davis and his study on zombification in haiti his theory says that tetrodextoxin could cause someone to basically like be paralyzed and it'll seem like they're dead but that they actually will later on wake up and that's where they like get the idea of zombies from and they found it in his blood right i believe so yeah or something similar to it um let's just throw everything wild in one episode you know but like that's an actual thing so there was like this whole we'll get into it more but like there there's this whole like phenomenon of zombification in haiti um and so that's where Mulder is thinking that this happened um, or like where this is coming from. Right. Um, So they go to check out the grave of the other Marine to see if he had any of the same chemical. Um, But they get there and the grave digger or grave keeper informs them that he has, he's been taken by body snatchers. But then we also (laughs) meet our little friend again, whose name is Chester Bonaparte. And he's, like, hovering over another grave. So I think their first thought is, like, oh, my God, he's the one that's, like, trying to get fucking bones. But he's just collecting frogs. He's cute. <laughs> really cute. I... Um, but also, the keeper is really funny, too. And he's, like, talking about the, the people, like, literally having their bodies snatched. And he's, like, this is so uncool. I'm like, okay, yeah. bro. Yep. It's yeah. not cool. Um <laughs> Chester goes out with them to, like, basically, they're bribing him with food to talk to them. Um, But Chester says that Bouvet is, like, the most magic person there and that he has been catching the frogs for Bouvet. Um, yes. Because, because he, he gives good pay, money. He'll pay him. Then Scully's like, well, there's a chemical in frogs that is similar or chemically si- similar to Tetro. Dextoxin um, called Bufotoxin. Now Scully is like, okay, I don't know how Bouvet is doing it, but he is definitely responsible for this. So she, that's what she's going with. At the same time, while they're still in the diner, Mulder's like, I don't want to alarm you, but someone is following us. 
So he runs out to go see who this person is that's been following them. And it turns out to be Dunham. So Dunham is following them. And he basically says that Bouvet told Colonel uh, Wharton that he would continue to take his men's souls if they didn't let them go back to Haiti. And that they were like basically being punished for the mistreatment of the refugees and that Colonel Wharton was like forcing them to physically and like just, yeah, like basically just like physically degrade these um, refugees and abuse them. Which is wonderful. Yeah. And he's like, it's not fun, but you didn't join the Marines to be, or like, didn't join the Marines to feel good about yourself or something. And I'm like, okay, there's like a huge difference between like not feeling great about what you're doing and like beating up a group of innocent people. So who literally are seeking asylum. Um, Yeah. So that's a little bit different actually. And you should probably just like, one, you could report it. (laughs) Or two, I mean, quit. We could get into a huge conversation about how we feel about this, but then maybe we should just start like a political podcast. Yeah. I mean, I just, I thought that was a really terribly, it was, it's a bad excuse. If you're doing something that goes against your morals, you should quit. I think that's how a lot of people, especially in law enforcement and military, try to justify what they're doing, Mm. honestly. But that's all I'll say about it because, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Aside from that, though, Dunham is actually, like, not that bad. Yeah. He's, like, trying to warn Mulder and Scully, basically, even though, you know. Um, And he kind of – he tells a story of, like, why he believes in voodoo, which is that when he was younger, he he basically, like, tells a story – of a real estate deal that went south and then the man who was supposed to do the deal his daughter then got very sick and when they tried to figure out what was wrong with her they she ended up with snakes in her stomach yeah yeah she died on her wedding day and scully's like that just sounds like an old wives tale and he's like no i know it's real because i was the one that was supposed to marry her (laughs) okay good story um, he, he should have just said that from the beginning instead of making right. it this whole like weird suspenseful like fairy tale thing <laughs> <laughs> right um <sighs> but so while they're talking to dunham chester has run away and i love this scene <laughs> um, <sighs> chester runs away and Mulder's like chasing him through like this whole what like pier like i don't even i mean i guess yeah, it, it's a, a pier, but he just like disappears basically, and then he comes back as a cat. <laughs> right, and like, Mulder gets to the end of the pier, and there's nowhere like else that Chester could have gone, and he didn't jump in the water, and then there's just like a cat, and it's like so. <laughs> there's this. Oh, I think it's Monsters Outside on Etsy, and they do like music slash TV show like merch mashups and they had one with this scene on it for a jawbreaker album um the unfun album and it's so fucking funny because it's just like Mulder's staring at this fucking cat and it's just out of context it looks very strange but it's really funny 
Um, I love that he like doesn't really mention anything to Scully because he's like, yeah, Scully would think I'm crazy. Um, yeah. But then they go to Wharton, who has filed a complaint with the Justice Department because they're like, he's all mad that they tried to dig up um, what was the other the other soldier's name? Uh, great, I put the grave of the other Marine. It was yep. like um, Gutierrez. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gutierrez. Um, so he has filed like a complaint against Mulder and Scully because they went to go exhume the body. And then they're like, well, like there's not even a body. So, um, you should probably file a complaint with someone else. He's like, see, now you can tell what I'm dealing with. And he says that he, denies that anyone is abusing the refugees um and he is like oh so fucking shitty did bouvet tell you that blah 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 and they're like no but like that's like a federal crime to be i mean abusing anyone but like to abuse someone who has like come to your country for asylum is like a huge deal um yeah and they also have like no policy against harassment yeah in this place which (laughs) <laughs> says Great. a lot. Yeah. Um, and he says something he's like uh like this isn't like heaven but it's far from a concentration camp. And I'm like mm, is it though? Is it cuz from the outside it looks like one. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not great. Um we don't get like a we really don't get to see like anything besides how Bouvet is being treated, but obviously like that's enough to make some judgment. So, right. Um, so they leave and he goes back to his breakfast and then all of a sudden he like cuts into his ham and it starts bleeding. Good. Ew. And then he's like freaking out. Yeah. Um, and then, well, there's some right. Yeah. He should freak out. Yeah. And then Scully hurts a little finger. Poor Scully. They, they get into the car cause they're, about to leave obviously and she pokes her hand on there's like a a twig of thorns around the steering wheel yeah and just you know it's probably not a great symbol um but then they drive off and the same symbol was painted underneath their car Mm -hmm. yeah and then we see that Wharton has basically forced a Marine to beat up Bouvet to get him to tell, quote-unquote, the secret. But we don't know what the secret is. Just like a bunch of Nazis, they're just like, you just need to follow orders. Like, don't have a fucking conscious. I hate these people. <laughs> I know. It's bad. It's really oh, bad. Fucking... Um, oh, jeez. Hold on. Okay. Uh, but we should probably take, take a break. break. Yeah. So we'll be back. And we're back. Hi. Hi. Porter was being annoying and all up on my fucking altar, which makes me so nervous because I don't want him knocking anything over or getting hurt. But here we are. (laughs) He tried to jump up there yesterday when I had like eight candles going. I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking catch on fire. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I know. I will. I will say like, thankfully, Dora is like very cautious about where she goes and stuff. Like, we put up a little mini Christmas tree the other day and like Ian and Dylan were like, Oh my God, can't like, 
you know, Dora's going to ruin it and, like, jump all over it. I'm like, she doesn't do it. Like, who do you think my daughter is? She's not uncivilized. <laughs> she would never yeah. do that. Like, yeah. she would never do that. She doesn't knock anything over. She never has. So um, I just didn't really like he that. Liked- criticism usually doesn't he just only jumps up there when he because he knows it's gonna get my attention it'll get me out of bed which is really annoying but (laughs) i I mean it works i guess so (laughs) um Uh, okay okay so poor bouvet is getting beat up um and i mean let's be honest he gets beaten to death yeah yep so thanks wharton you're you're great and then that scene ends and Mulder goes back to his apartment, right? No, that doesn't make any sense. Or well, they're in a, a hotel. hotel. Um, and he steps on like a number 10 playing card. Yeah. He's like, what the hell is this? Um, well, he has like a meeting with X, right? Right, yeah. So the playing card was like a letter for like a, a symbol from X. Um and X- oh yeah, that makes sense, huh? Yeah, because <laughs> um, X is ten and yeah. numerals. I just put that together. Um, okay, <laughs> and then he meets with X, and X says that in twenty-four hours, all access to folks Folkstone will be shut down, and it's being done because Wharton um doesn't want them to figure out what's going on there but Wharton has basically been like forcing soldiers to beat refugees and do all this stuff because he wants revenge for three soldiers that were killed in the last tour of Haiti yeah like um, I'm sorry but no <laughs> no and I guess two of the men were uh war like part of Wharton's team or something like that so he's basically like just doing like a free-for-all on innocent people because he's mad and wants revenge and it's bullshit, so. Sounds some, like something a white man would do. Right. Um. Uh, yeah, X says he's trying to, like, basically hide the camp by only restricting it to military personnel. And then X has this, like, really good line that I like where he goes, the Statue of Liberty is on vacation. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, I like that. That's sneaky. And true, which is how I feel <laughs> like shit is going now. Um, but anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically Mulder is like, okay, we have 24 hours to figure this shit out then. Otherwise, like that's going to be the rest. Like that's our only opportunity. So Scully goes to talk to Mulder. His room is unlocked. His room is unlocked. And so she walks in and then she sees that like water is or actually okay like running out from the door. Hold on. She had she just found something out. I forget what she found out though. Cause she was on the phone talking about Warren. I don't I don't know. Um but either way, so that's what like made her go to Mulder's room and she's like um about to tell him what she found out about Warden. The like underneath the bathroom door is like just like filling with water so she opens it up and in the bathroom in the bathtub is dunham who is like sitting in a blood with uh, in a blood bath jesus christ (laughs) Uh, a bath filled with blood um because he's been stabbed and then Mulder comes in 
with McAlphin, who, like, he's holding at gunpoint, basically. And he says that he found McAlphin um, after seeing Dunham, and McAlphin was walking around with a bloody knife. Yeah. Um, Like, outside of their room, right? Or just outside in general. Yeah, I, I think, like, somewhere in the hallway or something. But they... Go back to like the base, and McAlphin uh, signs a confession saying that he killed Dunham. And Mulder and Scully don't really buy it. They're like, "Right, why would he kill his friend? Like, what purpose does he have?" And also, like, have they even seen each other at all since like McAlphin got back? Because I don't think they have. And they're kind of just like, "This all seems really sketchy." And Morton also like gives them the heads up that Bouvet is dead, but says that Bouvet committed suicide. Um, Yeah. What, he, like, slit his wrist with a bed coil, which is very gruesome. Oh, God. Um, But both of the investigations are being handled internally, so they have to leave now, and their investigation is over. Exactly. Which then they go to McAlpin's wife, right? Because she wants to talk to them. Right. Yeah. And they get there and she's like, I know that my husband did not kill um Dunham. Who gave her the Dunham gave her the letter, right? Yes. Uh and it's like a sealed envelope and she's like, Dunham told basically told me like if anything happened to give this to you guys. Um and in the envelope is a picture of um, Wharton and in with Bouvet, with Bouvet in Haiti. In Haiti, yep. Basically, they're like, okay, we have to go figure out like how, like what the fuck's going on with Wharton. He's obviously suspicious. Um, and they go to his office and they find that Dunham and McAlphin had both filed complaints about Wharton over his treatment of the refugees. Yes. And um, they also find that there is the trunk with Gutierrez and his his remains. So Wharton was the one that either dug up or had someone dig up the remains of Gutierrez. Uh, Yeah. And um, one of the other... Marines basically comes in while they're doing this and he's like, stop right there. Like he is basically like trying to say that it was all Bouvet that did all of this and that he he's kind of like, well, like Bouvet's dead, but he deserves what happened to him. And like that doesn't basically doesn't explain the other refugees because like it the only reason that Bouvet died is because he deserves it and blah blah blah. Um and that's where they basically point out like um actually like Wharton was the one that killed these guys because they had they were about to like testify against them and right and they show him that he has Gutierrez in a trunk so the marines like oh fuck okay and like believes them yeah yeah that was and close (laughs) yeah so he basically is like Okay. And I think he tells them that Wharton is in is like burying Bouvet's body, right? Or yeah. at least where they yeah, buried it. Yeah, so they go to the cemetery. Right. 
and where we see Wharton being fucking wild and um, performing voodoo over Bouvet's plot, mm-hmm. coffin, grave. Um, <laughs> but Scully won't tag along because throughout the episode, she's been complaining about her head hurting, which like fucking same bitch. Um, so she stays in the car because um, her head hurts. And she just like does not look good. Like she's like no. She looks like nauseous. Let me and just, like, tell you, this scene is disgusting. It's so gross. Um, I hate it, but we'll get there in a second because yeah. we have to follow Mulder first, <laughs> where Mulder confronts Wharton, and right. Wharton just like stabs something in the ground, and it makes Mulder fall over. Because he's hurt by magic? Yeah, he basically, like, puts a fucking... <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. He, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, he he uses um, sympathetic magic on him, apparently, from Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, and it causes him to basically, like, fall to the ground in pain. Um, then we skip to <laughs> Scully. Oh, God, I hate this. And, like, Scully is, like, freaking out, and she looks at, like, the puncture wound where the thorn had gone into her hand, and it's, like, bubbling and, like, huge and starts, like, oozing, and it's disgusting. Which is already nasty. And then a hand comes out of her hand. Like, little fingers start coming out of that uh, fucking hole in her hand. Ta- nasty. So Absolutely gross. nasty. And then someone is... Choking her. Um, yes. <gasps> so she's, like, reaching for the protection charm, charm because yeah. it's hanging off of their mirror. And as soon as she grabs it, he goes away, which is great. Isn't that nice? Um, uh, yeah. Chester's just looking over them. Um, and then from there, she goes to find Mulder. Yeah. But also, I don't know if... So she doesn't see this, but, like, Wharton has... Like, not only is he, like, doing voodoo and whatever, he's speaking like he's possessed by the devil. Like, he... Yeah, he sounds he has like a, a demon. demon <laughs> and it's yeah. really creepy. Um, and then Bouvet thankfully appears and kind of just like blows white powder at Wharton, which we find out is zombie powder. But um Yeah, it's I think it just looks like cocaine. It's really funny how he kind of just is like <laughs> and like blows it in yeah. his face. And Wharton falls which I'm so to the glad. ground. And so glad he's dead. Um yeah. oh and also when Scully grabs the charm. Chester the cat appears and he is like, Meow. Yeah, I love it. Love him. Um, Unsung hero of the episode. So nice. Um, but then she goes and sees Mulder and she's like, What happened here? And Mulder's like, Bouvet killed him. And I'm like, mm, That's not really going to stand in court. This is another yeah. unexplained <laughs> murder that, like, <laughs> Mulder's saying that some dead guy did it. So, I'm like, there's been a lot of instances where I just feel like should have been looked into a little bit. Because, like, why did anyone just, like, Mulder was like, oh, yeah, no, the the head of this uh, entire refugee camp, um, well, he, he got killed by a 
a dead guy using yeah. voodoo. It's so just, it's fine. And I mean, it's the FBI is just than a like, cat. <laughs> the FBI is just like, okay, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. It must yes. have been the dead we, guy with voodoo. <laughs> yeah, we trust you, Mulder. Anything you say. Mulder, like, I just, I love that, <laughs> that Scully's like, did you kill him? And he's just like, no, no, no. No, it was Bouvet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. good. Then they're saying goodbye to McAlphin, who seems to have made a, a great recovery, which is great. Um, yes. He, you know, repented for those sins, I guess, and is is doing okay now. But he gives them the passenger manifest that they were looking for, and they're looking through it, but they're like, oh, well, like, where? why isn't Chester uh, Bonaparte on on this list? <laughs> and they're like... And they're like, Chester, he died in the riot. He was the little boy <laughs> that died. <laughs> Which is pretty, pretty spooky. And also, then we have our friend, the grave digger, who is putting some dirt on Wharton's grave, but Wharton's in the ground and he <laughs> is screaming. He's being buried alive. Bitch. He just had some zombie powder. He's not really dead. And yeah. <laughs> that's the end of that crazy episode. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in this episode, right? I mean, this episode was written by. Howard Gordon. And I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> go ahead. No, you can go. Well, so um, <laughs> he was like inspired to write this because I guess there's like a large number of U.S. military that were um, killing themselves while stationed in Haiti, um, mm-hmm. but they couldn't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> They couldn't film in Haiti because we all know that X-Files didn't have that big of a budget. So um, they were like, okay, well, we're going to just say that they're refugees so that we can get around that. And I'm like, okay. Um, But also then that led to, obviously, like I said, there's like the zombification, um, which is like famous. Basically, the like zombification and the fear of zombies um, in Haiti were like a a huge huge thing. So like they tried yeah. to kind of like I don't know tie it into this. There's a lot going on here. I mean, just like I don't. I'm not gonna say that I'm proficient in any way with like voodoo or hoodoo or anything other than like the witchcraft that I practice because i think that'd be weird of me but from what i do know i think there is like a lot of like between worlds or like the dead coming back to life in voodoo yeah so like it makes sense but i don't know enough to, to like logically speak on it i mean yeah it it's just it is part of their belief i don't know that much about it either um but that basically like they believe they don't they don't fear zombies but they are afraid of becoming zombies um and it basically like is just a a part of voodoo that they tied into this but um yeah yeah do you have anything else fun no that that was 
that was it. <laughs> <laughs> we are um, trying our fucking best here, even though yeah. we're, I mean, I'm not even tired, actually, and I feel, like, disgusting because I've been really productive today, but I also have not changed out of the PJs that I wore last night, and oh my God. it's 8 o'clock. Let me tell you. <laughs> So this X-Files shirt. <laughs> so Aaron and I got matching X-Files shirts. They're amazing. Um, but I, yeah, we both got the long sleeve versions. But mm-hmm. whenever I get like a new long sleeve shirt, I wear it constantly. Yeah. I wore it for about three days in a row and then took like two <laughs> days off to actually wear clothes. And I'm in it again I because it's that. comfy and it's warm and it doesn't like make me feel any certain way other than like wonderful yeah um, <laughs> i'm here for that though but, honestly i love it it's so comfy oh it's so cute um <laughs> it has like the nicest little details on it and it like matches our podcast perfectly so yeah i'm i'm really excited because so i got those and then i also from a different instagram that i found i got those um sweatpants the scream sweatpants yeah and they're so fun and i just got a notification like as we were um recording that they shipped and I was like hell yeah they're finally coming in <sighs> um but the- I, I want to watch <laughs> that soon because fuck oh boy oh boy Ski Ulrich in that movie <sighs> <laughs> hell yeah oh, oh man. that like scene <laughs> with him licking blood off of his fingers Oh my god. Okay, Julia, time for you to go to bed now. <laughs> no. No, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> right now? Well, no, because I have a headache and I want to not be looking at a screen even though I have homework that I need to type up. Oh no. Um, but maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I love that. Maybe um, we'll watch it for Patreon. <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> um, so next week episode we finally have mythology oh my god it's been forever it has i think it's legitimately been since like the first episode of the season um so we have episode 16 called colony and it's the first part of a two-parter um but after three identical men are killed and their obituaries are emailed to Mulder, a mysterious CIA agent informs him and Scully that the killer is an alien bounder hunter sent to destroy the start of a colony of clones. Meanwhile, Mulder is distracted when his sister Samantha suddenly returns. I love this episode. Hell yeah. I feel like we get a ton of like story progression in this episode and I'm here for it. I'm excited. And I'm excited to have something to like break up the monotony of Monster of the Week. Right. So awesome. Yay. Looking forward to it. And um yeah. So we will see you guys next week. And as always, check us out on Instagram and Twitter. And <laughs> what else do we have? Patreon. Patreon and That's it. And that's at UFO it. Party Pod. UFO Party Pod. And check out our merch. Yeah. Um, you can find all of our links in all of our bios on our link tree. 
And if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be wonderful. And it would mean a lot to us. So, yeah, we will see you next week. We will put up a poll for our new Patreon episodes shortly. But we also have to figure out how we're going to do that with the pause that we're doing. So we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, stay safe. All right. Stay spooky. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.